Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey everybody, welcome back to Just Sayin' Season 2. This season we are talking about faith, and I'm here with my pastor, Hello, Allison. Hey. And we're also here with our sound engineer, Tyler Staten. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. And today... Guys and gals. <laughs> today. No, guys and gal. Oh, gal. Yeah, one gal. Well, I was speaking more to the viewers. To the view- mm. No, listeners. listeners. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe we'll have that one day. <laughs> Having a flashback to Sundays when we uh, you know, live stream the service. Yeah. The days are all running together. Yeah. TSWC.org or mm. Facebook.com slash Tri-State Worship Center. Put that plug in. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bringing it back. Today, we are talking about atheism. Dun, dun, dun. That was nice. good. That was good. Um, but yeah, let's just jump right into well, it. Well, we better because this is going to be five hours long. Five Good grief. Five hours. Y'all better get a cup of coffee, sit down somewhere. Or a and, lot of coffee. Or a lot. Yep. <laughs> Um, so let's just jump in. What is atheism? Again, a mission statement looking at uh, issues of faith now for the second season through the lens of Scripture. I want to uh, repeat the words of the Apostle Paul, Colossians chapter 4. Uh, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So before we even say anything, you know, I am, I am wanting my conversation to be beautiful. I want it to be gracious. I want it to be attractive. So just say that right up front. What is atheism? The simplest answer is a person that does not believe in God. Hmm. That, and, and I mean, a in in Latin, no theo God, no God. So atheism uh, simply means no, that a person does not believe in the existence of a divine being that we know as God. Not to be confused with agnosticism, which is there might be a God, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to affect my life. Atheism says no God doesn't matter. Right. So an atheist is someone who does not believe that there is a God out there. Correct. All right. So what are some common things that atheists tend to use to try and disprove the existence of God? And how do we as Christians kind of debunk those things? Is that a real word? Yes. Debunk. (laughs) I need to look it up. No, it's a real word. It is. It is. Um, I'm going to try to move through this kind of quick because it it can get... uh, bogged down quick, very quickly. But um, since God cannot be measured or quantified scientifically, then there's no viable evidence for his existence. That's, that's probably the one that I hear the most. You know, I mean, you can't, there's no scientific way to prove that there's a God. So since you can't scientifically do that, then there must not be a God. Of course, the, the Christian response to that is, is that, you know, Creation, you know, creation is here, and that's an evidence to us, again, through the lens of Scripture, to us that's an evidence that there, there is a God. Um, the, the content of the Bible and how he communicates that to us, that, that's another indicator to the Christian that, you know, that there is a God that can be measured, that can be qualified. And then, of course, you have conscience. 
and that's that that may be a conversation for another time but you know we we have this thing called conscience which tells the believer you know that there's a creator but then the person who who has chose not to believe I don't know how they explain that, how they explain, okay, well, how do we have a conscience? Where did good come from? Where did moral yeah. goodness come from? Right. Um, you know, my my way has always, or way of looking at it has always been if there's a, a building, there's a builder. If there's a painter, there's a paint. I'm sorry, if there's a painting, there's a painter. And if there's creation, then there's a creator. But the atheist will say that, you know, that's got to be at the top of the list. That there's no way to verify there's a God. Uh, how can you believe in something you can't see? That's another big one. And the truth of the matter is we all believe in things we don't see. We believe in air. We breathe it, mm-hmm. but we don't see it. Uh, we believe in love. Right. You know, we, we can feel the effects of love, but we can't see it. Uh, so there's a lot of things that, that we believe in that we don't see. Electricity, we come in and turn a light switch on. We believe in Wi-Fi. We do believe in <laughs> Wi-Fi and currently using it. Yes. Mm. But we, yeah, all those, exactly. I mean, you can't see it, but you still believe it. So uh, that's that's kind of the response I've got for that. And then there's uh, uh, the whole thing, since God doesn't exist, uh, neither do those transcendent moral uh, absolutes that we that we call, you know, right. like the Ten Commandments or whatever. Um, and if I'm unrestrained in my life, uh, then there's no God, no morals. So that... I think that a lot of times uh, people who say there is no God, and this kind of goes a little bit away from the question, my experience has been that's a person that either one has been hurt in a church somewhere, and and they have decided, you know, there's not a God. Or uh, we don't want to be restrained. We don't want to feel like we've got to play the game with rules. So if I can say there's no God, then there's no rules, no absolutes, and and I can I can live my life however yeah, I want to. You can be your own God. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are some theologies out there. You know, the study of God, uh, psychology, the study of the mind, pharmacology, study of medications. You know, theology, study of God. There's theologies out there that say that we are our own God. That we're going to try to live this life so that we can be uh, reborn on another planet. Little where we, G's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's we'll leave it right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, if Christians that's can, for another episode. Well, it, it really is. If Christians can claim that God had no beginning, then the atheist can claim that what makes up the universe is uncaused and eternal. And the problem with that is, is even if the universe had a beginning. That does not mean that God didn't cause it. It didn't mean, you know, the the atheist will say, uh, obviously takes a path of either Big Bang Theory, evolution. You know, something had to have caused this. And the Christians obviously believe God caused it. But the atheist will say, since, you know, we claim that God had no beginning, uh, then they can claim that whatever makes up the universe is uncaused. And again, that... uh, I read a little paragraph, and I'm just going to read it. It says, all truth is God's truth. Christianity welcomes scientific investigation, and God has given us a vast amount of material to explore and understand that. You know, um, there's there's this thing called microevolution, 
which we, I would say I believe in. I believe in those small adaptations that we've gone through over the last 8,000 years, if you believe in the biblical timeline. Um, but we don't believe in macro evolution. We don't think that, uh, obviously, apes became uh, human beings. But yet, you know, the, the atheist can believe that, which helps them to uh, then then qualify their, their other mindset, which is no God, no moral absolutes. Uh, we kind of got here by accident. Uh, again, that goes back to season one and, and, and why young people struggle so much with anxiety and depression is because well, you're just an accident. You have no hope. There's no reason for you to be here. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, that the atheist it, that says there is no God uh, and, and what they use to kind of qualify their, their belief, which let me just pause right here and say it is a belief. They, they can say they don't have yeah. a belief, but it is a belief. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we, we believe that there is a God that created everything. And, and the atheist will, will say, and I hear this one a lot too, that if God is all-powerful and loving, then, then why does all this evil in the world, right? Yeah. Both, both uh, human evil as well as natural evil evil as in disasters, floods, tsunamis, that kind of stuff. Um, and the simple que- answer to that uh, uh, question is free will. Fr- we have free will to do what we want to do. And you can claim to be uh, a good person, but you have free will to choose to do a bad thing, right? And so the, the atheist that would say, how can there be so much evil in the world uh, and there be a God because there's evil in the world doesn't mean there's not a God. Because there's evil in the world means that God created us with a free will to do what we want to do. And when it comes to the natural evil, the natural disasters, you know, when sin entered the world back in the garden, uh, the Bible tells us that the whole creation has been groaning ever since then. That's in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 22. So, again, you have all these natural disasters that was really caused by the fall of man, and, and, and we live in a fallen world that's groaning. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, of, of things that, they, that the atheist will bring up, but I think those are some of the, the big ones. Let me just give you a couple more before you ask me my next question. Um, what, what God would allow all this evil to be done in his name? And, I, and when I've heard this one from, from an atheist, it's normally because... You know, there's some Christians who claim to be Christians that do some really bad stuff. Yeah. You know, go back to the Crusades. Right. All you had to do was say, God wills it, and you could kill anybody you wanted to kill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but while it's true that some people claiming to be Christians have committed those atrocities in God's name, that doesn't mean that, that God doesn't exist. Right. I mean, it just that, that's just not even a, uh, a consistent argument. Because people do bad things, God doesn't exist. That you know, that really doesn't work because sometimes the evil that is done in God's name is done by misguided people. Yeah. And you know? I think the real question there is, yeah, I mean, not does God exist? It's, it's, is God good? Right. That, that what the atheist is proposing there. Right. And, and the simple fact that, you know, we have that free will to choose to to do bad. If, if that's what you choose to do, you know, I, I watched a little video of, uh, 
uh, Ravi Zacharias, and and he was asked a question, kind of what I just said, and and they were bringing it down to a very specific illustration of if someone's standing there with a gun pointed at a person, why doesn't God keep the gun from firing? Well, number one, the person that's firing that gun has free will. And if he chooses to do bad with the free will, then that's why evil exists. But that doesn't mean there's not a God. Mm -hmm. You know, I, Like I said, the argument just doesn't work. Evil done in the name of God does not represent true Christianity. So... You know, it's not, it's not that those people are doing evil in the name of God. They're doing evil because that's their choice to do that. Yeah. But then when they can back up and say, you know, well, evil, I don't want to give a history lesson. I mean, Hitler did that, right? right? Hitler was able to accomplish what he accomplished because he framed it within Christianity. Hmm. And, and so that doesn't mean that, that uh, God doesn't exist. Uh, it, it just simply means that sometimes there's some wicked people that make some bad choices and and they can call themselves a Christian, but it doesn't really reflect or represent true Christianity. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, read everything that Jesus had to say about love your neighbor and and this is how the world will know you're my disciples because you're love one for another. It, it doesn't ever talk about this is how the world will know you're my disciples by flying planes into buildings yeah. mm. or, or by uh, doing genocide in some country somewhere. I mean, that's... I, I can see why a person, how a person could use that to want to reinforce their argument, but it really doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Evil's in the world, but that doesn't mean God doesn't exist. So, uh, and, and the last one that I would bring up, I think, is the biggie, and that is uh, the Bible is unreliable book with myths and and you know all those things, legends, and, and again, um, this podcast is looking at the issues of faith in this in this season, season two, through the lens of scripture. So um, the simple fact is we believe by faith we have the Bible, which is what God wanted us to have as an instruction booklet. Uh, and we, I think one of the lightning round questions was about that. And, and so you can go back to episode seven of season one to hear my answer on that. But the Bible is God's word, and we believe that. Uh, we don't believe there, it's myths. We don't believe that the Bible that we have that is the inspired word of God just came from all these other religious traditions down through the eons and thousands of years. We, we believe this is the living, active, hmm, that sounds like a sermon, <laughs> living, active word of God, that it, it, is, it is his word. And, and again, understanding that somebody who wants to say there is no God, that has to be part of their argument. Because if there's no God, then that Bible doesn't mean anything. You just throw it aside. Yeah. But uh, obviously, again, as, as a believer, um, you know, we, we do believe it is the Word of God and it is instructions for life. And I would, I would say this, and I've said it a couple times, uh, I think on the Wednesday night uh, Facebook Live. If tomorrow, Tuesday, September the 8th, if tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning, everybody around this planet began to follow the principles and precepts of God's Word, what a better place this would be. Absolutely. You know, forget about, okay, let's say there's not a heaven. Right. Let's let's just pretend, which is <laughs> what, what it would be, to pretend there's not a God. Let's all follow this book that has some really good as principles. A, yeah, as just a moral standard. Yeah. Yeah. And at 10 o'clock, okay, everybody, 10 o'clock tomorrow, we're all going to start following the Bible. <laughs> 
But uh, those are just a few of the things that that I think they come up with. You know, their their Bible's unreliable. It's the question of how did evil, how does evil exist if God is a God of love, uh, and, and those kinds of things. And and uh, again, let me let me just restate that I feel like the atheists that I have uh, dealt with in my ministry, uh, one of two things: one, they were hurting a church, that and, and I and I. I hate that. I wish there was something that, that I could do uh, to fix that. They were hurting the church, so because of the church hurt them, there's not a God. And then the other, I think the other part of that is, is that I don't want these, you know, what they see as rules or these, these, these guidelines, so I can't have a God if I don't want to have the rules. And I think that's the, the biggies. <laughs> so what is the best way to evangelize to atheists? Evangelize, to convert or seek to change someone's mind about something. I, I think the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And, and it also says that without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. So I, I think what we have to do is in order to witness to an atheist, we've got to somehow find a way to use the Bible. Mm. Right. right. I mean, you can have your opinions, and that's fine. I've got a lot of them. Uh, but I think when it comes to having that conversation and in, in, in an attempt to evangelize, I think you have to use the Bible because that's that's what you slip into every conversation with the, with someone that you're trying to convince that, you know, uh, this this God is a real God. Jesus did die for us, and he came so that we can have life. And so uh, that's how I think we do it now. Um, it, it really leads to another conversation again for, for another time, and that is just you know, praying for God to give you the opportunities to be able to speak into the life of someone that is not a believer, either not a believer uh, as far as committed, committed to Jesus, but not a believer in God. Um, the one thing I want to always uh, advocate is no one comes to Jesus Christ by losing an argument. Mm. I mean, it's not like you're going to argue with somebody who's who's an atheist and then finally say, okay, you're right, there's a God, I'll get saved. It's normally going to be a process. You're going to have to, you know, insert some word in there, some of your own story. Uh, and I think you, that's how we approach evangelizing someone who doesn't believe in God. Yeah, but we can't do that if we don't know Scripture. Oh, so maybe uh, what was it? TSWC Facebook page or YouTube channel yesterday? Mm-hmm. Living active, we need to know the word. We we do. We we have to know it, and you can't just quote the. Uh, I know this probably will come out wrong. The clichéish things about the Bible. Yeah, no, you, no. Got, you need to know it right and be able to yeah, communicate. Because it. I think that everybody, including atheists, are searching for something. Um, that's concrete and the Bible is the only thing that's going to offer that. So if we can't offer a solid scripture, then there's no point in evangelizing. Well said. Um, So kind of tying back to the last question, should we ever engage in a debate with an atheist? Well, I mean, I would repeat that scripture in Colossians that we should live wisely among those who are not believers, making the most of every opportunity. So I think the answer to your question is, is, you know, yes, debate, argue, no. And there is a fine line there. I mean, a debate can quickly turn into an argument. 
right? I mean, uh, a formal discussion on a particular topic in a public meeting or a legislative assembly <laughs> in which opposing arguments are put forward, that's your debate, right? right? But an argument is an exchange of those views typically in a heated and angry exchange. So we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to be heated. We don't want to be angry. Um, but debate, yeah, I think, I think healthy debate is, is probably something that's missing in our world mm-hmm. uh, on, on a lot of fronts, on the social issues that, that we're dealing with in our world and, and political issues that we're dealing with. Debate is just gone. Um, it, it is all seems to be just argument now. Mm-hmm. And so the answer to the question, should we ever engage in debates, yes. Mm-hmm. Should we ever argue with, no. I just, again, I just don't see the benefit. I don't see where the anything that's productive that comes from an argument. So some uh, an issue that many people probably run into, if a Christian is friends with an atheist, is there ever a point when we should just respectfully disagree with them or should we always continue to help them and to see the truth? I, th- I think that we should continually look for opportunities, continually. I mean, I, I understand that at some point, you know, my friendship with this person, my relationship with this person is crucial, and I don't want to do something that, that's going to push that person away, e- even if it's an atheist. I get that, but I don't think we should ever stop looking for opportunities to share the truth. And, and, the, and, and the real conviction there should be, if I believe what I believe, and, and I believe that people who leave this world without uh, knowing Jesus Christ in a personal relationship are going to spend eternity in a place called hell. And I know that that's not PC and, and people don't want to hear, but there's a real place and, and people will spend eternity there if they leave this world without Christ. Then what, why wouldn't that drive me to continue to look for opportunities to share Jesus with people continually? And again, I, I get it. I think we, you know, we got to treat people with dignity. We got to treat people with respect, and and I encourage every Christian to do that. Um, but if you really believe that what you believe is the truth, then I, I mean, I'm going to go to the polls in November, and I'm going to vote based on what I believe, and I'm going to do that because that is my conviction. That's my, that's what I believe, and I think the same thing here. I mean. Um, it's just like someone say, well, there's several roads to to heaven or to God. We're all traveling the same to the same God. We're just taking different paths to get there. You know, if I, if I was to promote that and believe that, then I'm saying Jesus is not the only way to heaven. Mm -hmm. Right. But I do believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. So I, I need to live that out. I need to, with friends, with, with people that come to our church that may not be believers, um, I think we have to continually always look for the opportunity. And our goal is not, is not to win an argument. Uh, the goal is to maybe uh, defeat an atheist in a debate, but it's not to win an argument. And so I think we have to have a conversation that's, that's attractive and kind and, and, and always look for the opportunities. But I, th- I don't think we would ever, I don't think we could ever not pursue that. All right. So kind of transitioning, um, 
We're talking about atheism in this episode, obviously. So I wanted to talk a little bit about having doubts as a Christian, um, because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, start to have these doubts and maybe they just leave behind the faith and jump into non-belief. So is there ever a point in maturity in our relationship with God when we don't have any doubts about him? I think to be human is to have doubts uh, we, about a lot of things, including our faith. But the challenge in that time of, of doubt is not to let the enemy, if I could use an old saying, let's see if, let's see if uh, Allison, how she'll <laughs> do today, not to take a, uh, make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, I've heard that one. Hey, we're <laughs> <Yeah>. for one. <laughs> um, but you know what I, I mean? There, there are moments a matter of fact, I got a phone call last week from a, a, a pastor, friend of mine, who's been in the ministry as long or maybe longer than I have. And that was part of the conversation. You know, is this, it, it, have I been doing something here? Not me, the other, other pastor. <laughs> have I been doing something here that just, you know, beating in the wind that just really doesn't mean anything? And I think he allowed the enemy to whisper in his ear, which he does to me. He, the enemy whispered in my ear yesterday morning as I'm standing at the pulpit saying, you know, hey, these people don't want to hear this. And so that happens, and the doubt can come. But the, the issue is what do you do about it? Yeah. And if you let him insert a question mark Ooh. into God's instructions and promises and you enter into that conversation, then I think that's, that can be harmful. And, and my heart goes out to people that struggle with that regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those people that are trying to find, uh, you know, ways to believe. And, 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 I, and I do. I, I, I want to admonish them, though. I want to encourage anybody that has doubts um, that, they're, you know, that God understands that. And, and, you know, we have one person in the Bible known as Doubting Thomas. Now, he's known as Doubting Thomas because we read that he doubted one time. And that's what I call freeze-frame living. Everybody remembers Thomas for the worst moment of his life because he doubted. But when Jesus did come, he didn't look at Thomas and say, Get away from me, fool. You doubted? You ain't got nothing to do with none of this, right? I mean, what did he do? He Come here. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I think to be human is, is to have those occasional moments where we sit back and we reflect and we go, you know, have I been believing the right? And I think that's good if it drives us then to seek it further right, right. and not listen to the devil and say, well, he's probably right. Yeah. There's probably, this is probably all. And so when I say that, I, I want to qualify one thing before you, you go to your next question. And that is, I don't think that when people have doubts that we should coddle that. I don't think that we should, you know, uh, pat them on the back and say, listen, it's all going to be okay. I think we need to admonish that person. A person that comes and says, listen, I, I've, I've been saved for 10 years, but now I've entered a season where it just, you know, I seem to be doubting. I, I don't want to pat that person on the back and say, now just hang in there for a few more weeks. Everything will be okay. No, I think biblically we have the mandate to admonish that person and say, listen, Get your faith back in line. Let's go, you know. Uh, uh, I I don't, if you'll remember uh, the story about Paul and his, uh, what he called the thorn in the flesh, and he prayed three times asking the Lord to remove it and God wouldn't remove it. Um, His answer was, my grace is sufficient. Paul talked about his weakness 
but Paul's weakness was not this kind of weakness that we that when we enter those seasons or those moments, he, he said, no, I, that's that's not the kind of weakness that that I'm talking about. It's not whether I believe that God could have done that. It's not whether I believe that the thorn in the flesh should be gone. And, and because it's not gone, then there must not be a God. He said, no, I'm going to believe in your plan. I'm going to believe that you're a God that loves me and that when sin abounds, grace superabounds. And, and, and those moments of doubt, I think because we are human, they're going to come. But the thing we have to keep in mind is that a lifetime of doubt is not God honoring, right? I mean, we're, it's not like every week I'm going to dedicate a day to doubt. <laughs> no, I think you go through those moments, you doubt, you get admonished, let's move on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, and I think just doubting whether it's about God or uh, whether it's about marriage or whether it's about career. I mean, we have, we're human, we doubt, but it's what we do with it, I think, that makes a difference. Yeah. So what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do with those? What do we do with what those do doubts? We do? Well, I think the number one thing we do with doubt is we just walk in faith. Mm-hmm. Right? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Uh, and so we use faith to believe in God. I mean, and I said it earlier, without faith, it's impossible to please God because without faith, you're not going to believe in God. So I think the very first thing, and and I confess there's moments, there's moments when when I think, have have I just been able to accomplish the things I've accomplished just because I'm a nice guy and God's not really part of what's going on? I hope that doesn't ruin people. Yeah, exactly. Pastor exactly. Terry? Thank, thank you, Allison. You've okay. doubted? It's good to have you with us today. Join us next. <laughs> no, uh, it, it ha- because we're human, right. right? We're human and it happens. So I think number one is faith. You, you have to walk in faith. Number two, get yourself in the Word of God. I, I, I think we have become complacent and lax when it comes to applying ourselves to studying the Word of God because there's so much in there for those moments, for those moments when we doubt, for those moments when we're sick, for those moments when we want to evangelize an atheist friend. I mean, it's it's in there. Third thing, surround yourself with with encouragers, not discouragers. When you get to that moment and you you find yourself in doubt, you don't need somebody coming along saying, well, you know, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Let's just walk it together. If, if they do, hopefully it's followed with a but. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> and then, but, but, the, but unfortunately, too often in, in our humanity, misery loves company. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I want to bring some people alongside of me that are – Feeling my misery. Well, I, I, you don't need that. When this happens, when you enter that season, that moment of doubt, you need some encouragement. Walk by faith. Get yourself in the Word. Surround yourself with some encouragers. But here's the fourth thing that is is probably the most difficult of it all. Sometimes you just have to walk in the I don't know. Yeah. You know, you just I know there's a God. I may not sense Him. I may not feel Him. But I'm going to keep walking the way I need to walk. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, I think when we get those doubts, as a matter of fact, I'm in the middle of reading a book that I wished I had not started to read. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you the title of it because if you want to read, I want you to read it, but it's a person that in my opinion makes some really ridiculous assertions about Jesus, (laughs) about who he was. I'll give you just one. Uh, when Jesus was baptized and then, uh, went to the wilderness, (laughs) 
This guy says the reason Jesus went to the wilderness was to spend time with John the Baptist so John could tell him all the teachings that, that Jesus was to carry on oh. after John leaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, some people would just at that moment take the book, throw it out. I don't, I, my mentality, the way I approach that is that makes me go deeper yeah. to find out what the truth is, right? Mm. So sometimes when we doubt, like, like when I'm reading that book and I, I was like, I doubt that that's true. I can't just say, well, I doubt that that's true and keep reading. It's not in me to do that. I doubt that that's true, and I'm going to go research it out in the Word of God and find out, you know, for myself. So I, I think we have to, you know, walk by faith, get ourselves in the Word, surround ourselves by some encouragers, not discouragers, uh, you know, be able to walk in the I don't know, but then also allow that doubt to cause you to, to be driven to a deeper um, intensity of, of trying to find out what, what is truth and, and what does the Bible say about these things. Yeah. All right, so to close us out. Oh, boy. Why do you believe God exists? Well, Allison, because you told me he did. Because <laughs> the Bible tells me so. Right. Well, because. No. Um, Just because. <laughs> that's it. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Just because. Um, I said it earlier, you know, if there's a building, there's a builder. If there's a painting, there's a painter. If there's creation, I think there's a creator. And... and I have a pamphlet that that I bought several of. Matter of fact, if if anybody would like for me to send you one, just give me your address, twagner977 at gmail.com. The title of the pamphlet is Eight Absurd Things Atheists Must Believe Before Breakfast. Oh. Okay? Before breakfast. Before breakfast. Okay. And here they are. Nothing created everything. Okay? Uh, Chaos created order. Non-life created life. Non-consciousness created consciousness. Non-personal created personal. Non-relational, I'm sorry, non-rational created rational. Blind created vision and deaf created hearing. Every atheist has to wake up every day before they eat breakfast and believe those things about who we are, how we got here. Um, and, And... I want to sit here at the end of this particular episode of our podcast and say, you know, I I believe in God because I see him in creation. I I see the order of the universe. I have spent a little time studying the importance and the, the close tolerance of gravity, how that if it was off by minuscule percentage, we would fly off this planet. I don't believe that happened by accident. I, I've spent some time looking at our distance to the sun, that if we were just a little bit closer, we would burn up. If we were just a little bit further away, we would freeze to death. And I just refuse to believe that that was accidental. I look at the human body, mm. and, I, and I look at the incredibleness of the human body, and I said, this, there's no way this happened by accident. Um, I, I see him in the face of a newborn baby, I see him in the face of a recovering addict. I believe in God because of what I sense in my own heart when I see these things. But then I go back to Hebrews 11.1. If faith is the evidence of things hoped for, I see him in my hope. If it is the substance of things hoped for, if it's evidence of things not seen, I see God in those things in me. 
Now, you know, I've seen what he's done in my life. Uh, some people say, well, you know, that's just willpower. That was just a good decision to change and make a better person of yourself. But I believe in God because of what I sense in my heart and how he has changed me and continually changes me. And so I, I am sensitive to uh, beliefs of other people, and, and including the atheist. But I'm here to tell you that there is a God. He does exist. And it's like the old hymnal that says, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. And I know that, and I've seen that. And uh, I have my moments, just like everybody else does. I have my moments where I doubt my calling, where I doubt, you know, existence on this planet. But I quickly dismiss those uh, by walking by faith, finding some answers in the Word of God, surrounding myself with the right people, and occasionally walking in the I don't know. And then allow that to drive me to a deeper understanding of who he is. And uh, there's just no question in my mind. But I will say this, and then I'm done. I'll say this. If I'm wrong, I don't have anything to lose. Right. If the atheist is wrong, there's hell to pay, literal hell to pay. And so I, I believe uh, with all of my heart there is a creator of the universe that sent his son Jesus to die for us that if we would just believe on him, we would not have to perish, but we could have everlasting life. Yes, there's evil. There's evil people. There's bad apples in every people group. That stuff exists not because God's... Uh, uh, allowing it to happen, but because God allowed free will and free will brings that about. I mean, how else do you explain good? Where did good come from? If there's no God, where did good come from? Uh, and so I, I believe it because I've seen it in all these things. I've seen it in my own life. And Allison, I see it in you. I see God in you. I see God in Tyler. I see God working in incredible ways in both of your lives in, in the things that you do and the things you're involved in with uh, the youth group and the praise team and, and Children's Church for Allison and, and the media. When I say that Tyler Staten is a magician, uh, I don't mean that in a um, uh, evil, <laughs> evil magician <laughs> way. I, I, don't, I don't pull a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> I believe the Lord has gifted Tyler Staten to do things that are supernatural. Supernatural, and I, I really, but I know you don't like me to say, it, but it's true. And and Allison, I, I don't always share everything with you that people say to me, but I can't tell you the number of people that have come to me and said, "Who is that Allison girl? Man, she just is incredible." And the and the camaraderie and the chemistry that you three have is just, I don't think that's accident. Mm -hmm. I, I just that's another uh, evident evidence to me that there's a God yeah. and He exists and He's doing His best. To, to help us to get through this life to the next one. Right. And I, it's harder, un understandably so, for people who don't have a relationship to have that same sort of faith and belief in, in a God. And so I think that's kind of what this is about is that we're encouraging you to yeah. pray. You know, if you've mm -hmm. never prayed before, just have a conversation. Yeah. doesn't even have to be out loud. God knows our thoughts too, you know, so... If you are in doubt and if, if, if you are uh, seeking some answers, one, pray about it. Yeah. Absolutely pray about it. Two, get in the Word. Just start reading. Mm -hmm. do, do, if you don't know what to do, start at the beginning. Yep. Um, or ask God to take you somewhere to show you a scripture um, that will help you with that, 
uh, doubt or unbelief. And then also seek counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody you know and trust um, who, who is comfortable in their, in their walk as a Christian. T. Wagner um, 977 at gmail.com. Um, but I want I want to you know the whole I I, I fixate on uh, I'm a, I'm a techie guy what <laughs> and I, and I fixate a lot on on technology and um, you said it something a minute ago about the you know the human body for example um, and I think about I've made this analogy before it's like I cannot take electronic parts and wire and put it in a pile in the middle of a room mm-hmm. light a firecracker and throw it on it. And it formed me a supercomputer. Yeah. There's no way, no way that that's going to happen. So how could that happen with us? If you look at the human body, it basically is a supercomputer. Yes, it is. You know, it heals itself. Yep. The way, you know, my fingers react that from a thought that starts in my brain to say, hey, you need to move and, and grab this or yep. do this. I mean, that's the same way a computer operates. Yep. And there's no way that... I can accidentally create a computer. I don't think so. I have to be purposeful in that act. And I think we had a, a very purposeful God who knew what he was doing when he created us. Yeah. Amen. The computer's made up of three parts, a <laughs> CPU, memory, and I.O. Central processing unit and memory to store your, your software, your applications, and then input and output. Yeah. Input being your keyboard, output being your monitor or your printer. And the human body is is that. Same that's way, that's yeah. what we are. I mean, we have, well, most people have a brain. <laughs> I've been around some that I'm not sure. <laughs> I think God said, here's your brain. They thought he said rain. They ran for shelter. Um, she just, she gave, me, she gave me the look of, you are so old. Um, <laughs> that's why I didn't look that way. But you're right. I mean, and, and people that I've heard, I ha- that's the first time I've heard that particular kind of illustration but you know people say that you can throw a, a stick of dynamite in a printing press and come up with the encyclopedia britannica <laughs> yeah. you know that's kind of the same uh, there there is a god out there and 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 he's real and he loves us and uh if you've been hurt by a church hey we, we're sorry that that happened but that doesn't mean god doesn't exist um, if you if you got hurt because of a family member that that left this life too early in in your opinion that doesn't mean God doesn't exist. I mean, there, there's things that happen in this life because we live in a fallen world and sin is is doing its best to destroy a lot of things. That doesn't mean God doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, that should be the catalyst to drive us to God. Amen. To help us to get through those things. And yeah. and uh, it's, it's incredible what he's done in my life. We don't have time to go through it, but for him to have taken a... Uh, at the time, an 18-year-old young man who was playing in a bar uh, and had been playing in bars for about three years. And and I, I know I heard the voice of God at least once in my life. Now, other times I've discerned it, but I heard God say to me as I was standing on the stage at the Blue River Inn in Shelbyville, Indiana, is this what you want? I heard that as though Allison said it. Well, wasn't really that high pitched. It oh was a little, it was a little lower, um, and and that I, I'm going to. I'll just that was my epiphany. Yeah. That was my opening of my McDonald's McMuffin and seeing Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that was that was my moment, right? Yeah. And 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 I was like, no, I really this is not what I want. And so from that time in 1977. From that moment till now, what an incredible God mm. we serve that's done incredible things in my life. And here I'm sitting with two people that 
you know, 40 years ago, I would have never dreamed of, of sitting around a table with microphones, recording things that's going to go out and hopefully encourage other people. Yeah. And we have the opportunity to do that, not just because of you, Tyler, but because of Allison oh, absolutely. being a pusher. <laughs> She's so pushy. She is. <laughs> Listen, but, I like to get things done. Thank you for that. Should we even say that we're recording this at 8 o'clock on Monday morning on Labor, on Labor Day? Day? <laughs> Allison. Hey. <laughs> Listen, this is for the kingdom. Mm, there you Amen. go. Yeah. All right. But before we close, I just wanted to say doubts are not bad. We 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 will have them. Take your questions to him. He's not too big. He's 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 big enough to handle your questions. Yeah. yeah. Um and just give it a chance. I promise you if you are earnest in your pursuit of that, and your heart is in the right place to seek after Jesus, he's going to meet you where you are. And it's going to change your life. And it's such a better life, guys, than living in that doubt. Yeah. Amen. It's abundant living, even when we do have those doubts. Yeah. So uh, just to close with that, to give you guys some hope, um, tune in next time uh, as we continue our talks about faith. I'm excited to continue in this. Uh, email your questions to twagner977 at gmail.com and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We'd appreciate it. And we love you guys. See ya.